I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Celia, I found the body. There's something about this story that doesn't quite sit right with me. And it's coming closer. Hello and welcome to Hooked on the Deceived with me, Maureen O'Connell. We're breaking down Lisa McGee's and Tobias Beer's highly anticipated original Irish drama, The Deceived. Now, if anyone has been following the work of Lisa McGee, you'll know that she's the writer and creator of Dairy Girls. And you know what? The Deceived, it really couldn't be more different to her comedy hit. In fact, The Deceived is like a puzzle box from the start to the finish. Can we trust any of the characters on screen? Is there a supernatural presence lurking in an old Donegal house? There are so many questions. And each week of the series, we'll be doing a deep dive as we forensically dissect this Hitchcock-inspired drama. And joining me with their analysis is popular podcaster Gordon Rochford from Those Conspiracy Guys and broadcaster and journalist Nadine Reid. You're both very welcome. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Thank you. Nadine is the light. And we're the shade, obviously. We're seeing the darkness <laughs> and the deceived, Gordon. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't, I, I'm so dark, it wouldn't even put me at the desk. You're just like, thing. yeah, no, we had to, we had to put you down there. Yeah. And Nadine's like, oh, hopeful. Maybe it's totally fine. <laughs> It'll be grand. I, Nadine, you're going to watch it as we go along. Yes, exactly. So I've only watched the first episode. Okay. That's good. Only the first episode so, episode. so no spoilers for me, please. A lot happened in the first episode. Shall we do our breakdown? of episode, a quick summary of what happened in episode one. So here we go. A beautiful man has a job as an English lecturer in actual Cambridge University. So we all think he should be delighted with life, right? Absolutely. He's in Cambridge, for God's sake. But the beautiful man, he's not happy. The beautiful man is Dr. Michael Callaghan. And he's married to a beautiful woman who is also a successful author. Now, Roisin, she's the toast of the town. And Michael, he's really got a case of the jealous husbands, doesn't he? He does. Like, big time. You're kind of thinking Tom Cruise not being happy for the success of his wife rather than Barack Obama being, go on, go for it. You're amazing. That's not what he is. So what does Michael do? What could Michael possibly do being a lecturer? He seduces a younger, naive student who thinks he's just the bee's knees in the form of Ophelia. Ophelia. That's her real name. And he has a bit of luck because also people like his brand new book. So it's all coming up, Michael. All of a sudden, Michael disappears. Ophelia can't find him, but tracks him down to a stunning but eerie house in County Donegal. And the house is called Nakdara, which happens to be the setting of Michael's book. Ophelia finds him. Where do you think the pub Maybe in the house? No, she finds him at a funeral. So far, so Ireland, but it's not the funeral of his great aunt. It's actually of his wife, Roisin. She's dead fairly lively in episode one. So she actually died in a fire in the eerie Nakdara House. (gasps) Now, Michael, I think we can all safely say is a bit peeved that his mistress has turned up when he's putting his wife in the ground. But when Ophelia tells him she's pregnant... All's forgiven. So the two cobbled together lies as to who she is, but people aren't buying it, especially Michael's dead wife's mother, Mary. Are you with me? Are you still with me? In the eerie Nakdara house, ravaged by fire, Ophelia hears strange sounds and thinks she's losing her mind, especially who does she see? 
the dead wife Roisin through the bloody window at night time. Then we cut to Ophelia tied up in a dilapidated room telling someone that she needs to get out of there. End of episode. Dun, dun, dun. Summary. <sighs> dun, dun. Are you back? Are you back yeah, in the, the room there? I'm back. You're back in the room. So yeah. that is episode one. Let's talk about the character, Gordon, of Ophelia. So she's kind of our protagonist. All of this is happening around her. Yeah, she's a beautiful English girl trying to get an education, trying to, you know, moving on up to the east side, uh, you know. <laughs> Getting her, getting her papers. And uh, of course, in today's climate, she's obviously going to be sexually accosted by an older man looking to, <laughs> you know, get his end away. Hashtag me too. Ha- hashtag all of us too. A hashtag, hashtag, why not me? What? No, Medina's <laughs> getting, she's not getting in there. But are there signs that Ophelia early on is heading for trouble, do you think, Gordon? I mean, it's kind of like victim blamey, but like she's, she was kind of a typical victim kind of profile mm. yeah. I do a lot of true crime episodes you know on my show those conspiracy guys and uh, <laughs> hey. we're looking at we're looking at a lot of victims and it ends up being people who give off these signals of vulnerability of like no support structure we learned very early on in the episode that Ophelia's mother has recently died her father was estranged possibly dead left she had no people around her a couple of mates or whatever so I mean if Michael is to pick off anybody, wouldn't it be someone who wouldn't have someone that you could kind of confide in and go, uh, I think this weird dude with a beard is trying to <laughs> ride me in his office every Friday and it's yeah. getting a bit odd, you know? Well, yeah. the thing is, you think he looks a bit weird with the moustache. I think he looks a bit ridey, Nadine. Can you see? What, no, are you not there? Guys, I, do, I still, to be honest with you, I just can't get past how thick Ophelia's character is. <laughs> For the first episode, I'm like... I didn't want to say it. Sorry. You can say it. Ophelia, why are you so stupid? Why do you think you're Alice in Wonderland? What makes you think you're so safe to be walking around a creepy house? You're going out with a guy that's married, right? He's your teacher. And, you know, you've seen so many clues that this guy's not to be trusted. He doesn't call you for how long? We don't, I'm not actually sure if it's, if it's told how long when the time is. When he goes missing, yeah. He goes missing. So your fella goes missing. And then you travel all the way from, what, Cambridge to Donegal to find him? That's all. Beautiful. Ophelia, leave the place immediately. So I can't get past her stupidity and how she's trying to be Alice in Wonderland meets Jessica Fletcher meets... Fatal attraction, Glenn Close. I think she's nuts. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because she's vulnerable, Gordon. I don't know. Maybe she's had a terrible life. It's 2020. (laughs) She's a student at Cambridge (laughs) University. She can't be that. Thick. The vulnerability so, part. Sorry, Ophelia. Ugh. The vulnerability no. part doesn't excuse her no. very stalkerish kind oh, of. I'm going to I travel can't. from Cambridge to Donegal to go look at. That's I a little can't. bit. Yeah, because I can't. You know. I was just like that. Is this girl for real? When is there, this girl for real? She does. She, there are so many kind of little breadcrumbs of of how he brings her in. Like mm. he trusts her, and I want you to read my book. Like he does that at the very start. I You're trust so you. Special. I want to know what you think. Yeah, and then. She meets him and his wife at this soiree, this Cambridge oh, soiree. Yeah. And he completely blanks her, like really treats her bad. Completely. Exactly. Another example of how thick Ophelia is, the character. Well, in all fairness, he's hardly going to walk up and go, hey, wife, this is my mistress. You're <laughs> going to get along great, by the way. This is going to be fantastic. But she does talk to his wife in the loo, as women are wont to do. Yeah. And I would know nothing about it. I haven't been in a part of those. You've never been in a lady's bathroom before? I, I've never been a lady in a lady's bathroom. <laughs> now is not the time. Gordon, now is not the time. We'll never get to experience that. But yeah. they're in the bathroom. They start chatting. And Roisin says something that I think is quite a good clue as to Roisin's uh, kind of where her head is. And it's that women aren't always allies. Okay. You know, not all okay. women are allies, which mm-hmm. is putting them both on their guard against, like, you're kind of sitting there going, does, does Roisin know something? 
about maybe Ophelia and Michael? Did you think that at all? I did. I thought that uh, Roshan was either giving her a warning yeah. to be like, listen, you, get away from my fella, you. Hold me earrings. Like she was going to give her a, a kind of get, get you know, stop flirting with my man uh-huh. or possibly sleeping with him. Or it could have been, uh, he's done this before. He always gets these young girls and you're just kind of like a sexual utility to him and don't get too attached because mm. he's the bad guy. It, it was quite... I guess vague as to It was intention. vague but it could also be that she's like my husband is so amazing that I know all of you want him but I'm the one who has him. Well, like she could, was peeing around him. Yeah. It felt like maybe Roisin Possibly. was peeing him around him a bit. Yeah. But when the fella you're having an affair with disappears and and doesn't send you an old WhatsApp. Oh come on now. Even a voice come note going on. I'll get on to you in a little while. <laughs> maybe maybe don't go running after him but she does go running after him to knock Dara County Donegal, where his house is. Nadine. A stalker material. Literally, stalker. Literally the top of the country. The top of the country. So she had to what, fly, get a boat, walk, a taxi, all to find this guy. She's a student. Where did she get the money? Thank you. So that's <laughs> making me thinking she's privileged and rich. Right. From Cambridge and thick. No excuse, Ophelia. And then she finds the guy at the funeral. And then she finds out it's the dead wife's funeral. The woman you were just talking to in the bathroom that told you not to trust women or you can't trust all women. All women aren't allies. There's so many clues. I was just watching it going, oh, my God, Ophelia, stop. Turn back now. Book your flight home. Step away. We do I find out like she's this. pregnant, though. We do find out that she's pregnant. There so you that, go. That could, be yeah, a, well, that could be a reason that she's like going to all that trouble. Public transport doesn't go all the way to Donegal. It's not I an think, easy place to get to. Would you chance it for just like to go like, Where's where's my fella gone? Normally a girl would be like, right, he's married and he's not texting me back anymore. Probably let's put stick a pin in that. Yes. Also, yeah. his wife is dead. Maybe I'll fly back. I'm also well, yeah. I'm also pregnant. The NHS is probably better for free prenatal care than the HSE <laughs> is. The same thing. Probably same. an idea. We get to this anyway, house, Nakdara. Yeah. It has been ravaged by fire because that is where Roisin has died. She's just died. Ophelia ends up staying. In this house. Yeah, How would so you do that? You'd stay in the dead, freshly dead wife. Literally, the soot is there. The fire, you know, you can freshly smell the wife. soot. And she stays in a house. It's madness. You would not do that. Never. I don't know what. You name me one black woman or even Irish woman who would do that. They had to pick the lovely, beautiful actress with an English accent to do that. I don't know. Is she, is she English? So you think just white English people are stupid? Is I that what you're so. saying? <laughs> there seems so. to be a bias yeah, coming out yeah. here. I, I honestly <laughs> think so. I think she's so privileged. She doesn't think that anything bad could happen to her. But look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because of her vulnerability. Maybe it's the hormones because she's professionally pregnant. I don't know. But for me, I was like, this is madness. Leave immediately. Go home. That's what in my head it's like, Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest. Run, Ophelia. Run. When she's there, she kind of thinks that she's found an ally. And this is in the form of Sean, who is played by Paul Meskel. Paul Meskel is a fireman in this one. I mean, they really know what to do to women when it comes to Paul Meskel. Holy mother of God. So he's kind of like an ally and makes her feel a little bit safer because she's surrounded by people who are Roisin's family and friends. Oh. And Michael, of course. Very suspicious crowd, I think. It's so suspicious. Yeah, very odd crowd. The the, yeah. the, the mother-in-law, Mary, mother oh. of the dead wife. 
She's a creepy weirdo. Sheila, who runs the pub, who doesn't really run the pub. It's kind of her, it's kind of an offshoot of her sitting room. She flies in, she flies out. It's like the green room for the whole village whenever anyone lands yeah. in. It's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you have to go, you have to book in in Sheila's. You'll have to go down to Sheila's to book in. <laughs> like, it's bizarre. And then a child just randomly appears. Random. And the so child often. is called? Roisin. Roisin. You're like, is this a secret baby they've had? Would you like a pint of Guinness, mister? Like, it's very weird town. But not dissimilar to towns I've been in in the western north of Ireland. Seriously? And did you stay the night in those creepy Uh, towns and castles that people have freshly been murdered? No, they're places you drive through. (laughs) But it does feel as though it could happen in an Irish town. They all know each other and weird things like this can definitely happen. So do we think that Michael is hiding something at the end of this episode, you know, where Ophelia, we know she's tied up, but she's seeing the dead wife Roisin outside the window. Is Michael hiding something or is Ophelia losing her mind? Is this is this creepy Irish town affecting her, Nadine? I think probably both. I actually think both. Michael's definitely hiding something. I mean, every word that Michael says in this is a whisper. I really want you to read my book. (laughs) I really want you to stay with me. When I saw you at the funeral, I knew that it was you and me and the baby. Like everything he says is, why is he whispering? I think it's Emma Scanlon trying to cover the fact he can't do a Donegal accent. He's just going... (laughs) Uh, come here to tell you. Uh, and, we're going and down to Carrickstown. I mean, knock down. Uh, <laughs> come up here with that. It's uh, the, Bella. Stop. Are you there, Bella? We know it's the heavy moustache as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, he's got a, he's got a whisper with that. Down. Who is at the end of this episode? We know that it ends up with the feeder saying, I have got to get out of here and she's tied up. Who for you at the end of this episode, Gordon, is the bad person? Who's the person? Is it is it a thriller? Has something bad happened? Or are we living in a superstitious town? Are we I'm, living in, is there ghosts? I mean, obviously something bad happened. There's a house burned down. There's a woman dead. But Michael gives off clear indications of being like a narcissist, uh, a manipulator. You know, he's he's lying. He's cheating. He's finagling, philandering around the place. Uh, He has multiple lovers. We see one scene where... um, uh, Ophelia is looking out the window longingly at Michael as him and his beard stroll through the halls of Cambridge and uh, some strange woman that we find out later is Ruth uh, taps her on the shoulder and goes you want to mind him his Mickey is rotten anyway, it's been everywhere and Ophelia's like uh, who are you? Oh you don't need to know but just let me tell you and she's looking out the window at Michael having a fight with another young student looking yeah. girl so to me, if I was Ophelia, I'd be like, yeah, he's, he's having it around the place. Yeah. He's, a, he's a bad dude and he does bad things. He's manipulating uh, Ophelia from the outset. She comes yeah. up to his like Hogwarts office yes. and he's like lying across the desk, <laughs> smoking a long cigarette, being like, welcome. Do you know? And she's like, uh, so come here, I need help with my thing. And my mother's died, by the way, and I have no friends, just so you know. I'm a dad, yeah. And my dad left And my dad me. left as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. poor, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Brilliant. Would you mind if I had a cigarette? And she's like, uh, yeah, okay then. And that's kind of like a little shit test to see. Because yeah. people don't like smoking, especially in such a cramped environment. And he's kind of like, oh, I'll test her now and see if... Uh, she'll go along. She'll choke yeah. down this second-hand cancer enhancer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she goes along with it. He and, and he's testing her and testing her and testing her. We see very quickly through these like... Um, uh, like a series of, of small scenes yeah. where basically he starts off by smoking a cigarette and then the next thing she's up on top of him in the chair and you're giving it the owl. How do you do? I think we can safely say we've got one for Ophelia's stupid she should have left and oh, we've got definitely. two for Michael. Michael's a bad, bad dude. Yeah, but you like it, don't worry. I know. 
Maybe we've got to delve deeper into why I think that Michael is a fabulous, uh, gorgeous. Would you mind if being. I lit a cigarette, Maren? I've got. Is, is that okay <laughs> here? Can we do that in here? Maybe they're my own issues. This is about a television show. Gordon and Nadine, thank Maybe. you so much for that deep thank dive you. into episode one of The Deceived. We're looking forward to hearing your thoughts on what the next episode brings. Without a shadow of a doubt, and personally, I think it's going to get more twisted and more bizarre as we go along. Now, before we welcome our special guest from The Deceived, here's a little bit from this superb twist-filled thriller. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We have to be careful. Hello. You're not the first. You won't be the last. You might know my husband. Stranded in the spooky town. You really shouldn't be here. I said I'm pregnant. I'm sure I look after you. That's what I'm worried about. Not all women are allies, Ophelia. Places a death trap. Some of the enemy. I'm excited now to welcome to Hooked on the Deceived two of the stars of the drama who are no strangers to each other. It's a pleasure to welcome Louisa Harland, who plays Clodagh O'Donnell, and Ian McElhenney, who plays Hugh Callaghan in the show. Great to have you with us. Thanks for joining me, guys. Delighted to be here. Hiya. Thanks for having me. Oh, look at you. You're reunited. I wish you were at a Debs, but sure, we'll get to that in just a little while. Now, Louise, I have to ask you, of course, you know, you're both together in, in Dairy Girls. So how long into the production of series two of Dairy Girls did you hear rumblings that Lisa McGee and her husband Tobias, they were working on a different type of show? I think it was after we were filming, I heard rumbles and we were all just hoping Lisa would see us for any role. And there was all whispers between us all that we we're hoping to be seen. But yeah, that was after filming, I think. And then, Ian, did you decide when you heard these rumbles, did did you, Mr. Ian McElhenney, did you plague her for a role or did she come crawling to your door? Uh, no, I mean, I when we did Dairy Girls, uh, there was talk that uh, she was doing a different kind of uh, series. Um, but um, uh, that was all. Uh, we, we knew that it was definitely a, a totally, totally different from Dairy Girls. And of course, it was herself and her husband, Toby, uh, writing it together. But um, uh, nothing more at the time, uh, and um, I, I had no expectations of any kind. And then a year later, or whatever it was, you know, um, they came calling at my door, which was very nice, you know. And Louisa, when when you're one of the actual Dairy Girls who got cast, did you get the WhatsApp going? How did you get? How did you get that from the rest of the girls? <laughs> yeah, I think when they heard the character description, they were probably like, yeah. 
Um, Louise is probably the weirdest and best suited for the role. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Was that the thing? Because you do play Claude O'Donnell, who is a character who's had a lot of tragedy in her life, but she's very spiritual. She's a seer. You know, was it like, yeah, 100% it's written for Louisa? Yeah, I think maybe I, um, I seem to be able to do odd um, quite often. So, yeah, another type of odd, though. And, um, yeah, I was I was just really honoured that Lisa wanted to work with me again in any respect. And, again, a lot of people might be hearing you, you know, for the first time with your actual accent, because we're so used to hearing you with a Northern Irish accent, it's like, oh, look at her. There she is with her normal accent. Will we ever get to yeah. have a day when you're doing your just your normal Irish accent? I know, yeah, um, one day, one day. But yeah, I'm from Dundrum. It's an honour to for people to think that I'm from the North. Ian, can you confirm that you do think that Louisa is from the North when you hear her speak? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, good answer, Ian. Uh, there's a lot going on in this show, but a lot of it has is that there are some amazing actors like I have to say uh, the mother Mary like she is an un- like she's so good at being creepy and you don't know her motivations but when all of this happened Ian <laughs> you've been in some of the biggest shows in the world Paul Meskel's on set and then normal people blows up all over the world was he a lovely chap to work with did you have a clue that his star was going to rise like this I, I had no idea I'd never met Paul before he's a very nice lad uh, and I didn't know that that was up ahead and uh, Congratulations to him because it's been a huge success and um, uh, well-deserved as well. Um, but that was our first time meeting and uh, no doubt we're going to see a lot more of him. Uh, who knows what he'll be doing next. Because I would have thought at the time, Louisa, maybe he was a little bit starstruck by ye on set because, you know, you'd achieved that sort of global fame at that stage with Dairy Girls. Yeah, I, I knew Paul through mutual friends before um, and so I was delighted he got the role in Normal People and when we filmed The Deceived it was I think he had just uh, finished Normal People so uh, he was all about it and I was so excited to see it and I'm so glad it's done so well Like this and I hope this is going to do so well because we need to talk about your character Cloda the psychic Louisa um, when, when you got this part was there much of an audition process in it and in it did you have to sing? <laughs> um I mean, there was an audition process, absolutely. But I definitely didn't have to sing. I actually got a text, which I believed was unrelated, a couple of months back uh, from Lisa herself being like, can any of you girls sing? And I replied going, well, I, know, I definitely can't. Um, and I don't think Saoirse can, uh, Jamie, maybe a bit, Nicola can. And uh, I know that it was for this. But I actually didn't see the singing scene until I was cast. So, yeah. How, because how, you're singing a very famous song, you know, Wheel of Wheel of Wyla. How, how did you feel? Because I was singing along with you, even though it's kind of, it's a really creepy scene, essentially. But how did you feel having to do that? Because you're singing to your dead child. Yeah, I know. I felt sorry for the sound crew, but I, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was freezing that day and it was really bizarre. And obviously, there's so many versions of that song and it's so, um, yeah you know, special and creepy and, um, yeah, the story is always quite weird behind it. Um, but I think the Lisa McGee wanted the Lisa Hannigan kind of version. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's very slowed down and eerie. So that was the version, I think, that worked best at the graveside. I love that you can now say that I can sing in the style of Lisa Hannigan. That goes on the CV as 
as soon as. With all this, you're kind of, you know, you've, Cloda obviously brings a supernatural side to this drama, but I have to say, Hugh does as well, Ian, your character. So how did you find him fitting into the role? He is, uh, he's the father of, of Michael Callan. Yeah, well, first of all, he's the connection to Donegal. And that's how, you know, were it not for this Donegal father, we might never have ended up in Nokdara. And of course, he comes back. I think the other thing about him is the whole, besides the supernatural thing, and obviously that's a key part because he tells this big story in the third episode about the things uh, supernatural. We'll not go into that anymore at the moment. But besides that, uh, as the uh, guys alluded to earlier on, all the char- all the characters in this story are very strange, and they all seem to have an agenda. And you, I mean, if you're the young girl in question, Ophelia, you're looking around saying, I don't know anybody here that I can trust. They're all a bit odd. They're all a bit off the wall. The only person who seems empathetic, I think, is the daddy, uh, Hugh. Yeah. Um, and But the problem with Hugh, unfortunately, is that he's beginning to lose his marbles. So although he might be sympathetic and might want to be sympathetic, uh, he doesn't always connect all the dots together in the right way. So you don't know whether you can trust what he's saying or not, you know. So the one person who she might have gone to outside of Michael, who is capable of being critical of Michael, mm. might have been Hugh, except that, you know, unfortunately, Hugh's not entirely there. See, that's the thing, because, you know, he's confused Ophelia with Roisin at one stage. Do you yes, think that yeah. Hugh has Michael's number? Does he know what his son is really like? I think I think he does have Michael's number. Uh, and I think there may well even be a family history for that. Um, uh, but uh, he also, you know, I think has an empathy for, for Ophelia. But as I say, unfortunately, he's no longer well enough um, to be able to be helpful to her um, and no longer strong enough probably to confront his own son and, uh, you know, try try and get him on a, a straighter and narrower path. And it certainly leads into, as you mentioned there, there could be a history because, you know, the name of Michael's book is The House at Nokdara. What actually happened yeah. at the house at Nokdara and is Hugh involved in that? And it brings another element. Um, you both embodied these roles so well. I really have to say, you know, there's such a, a creepiness and a, it's, your mind is moved around all the time that it's done so well. Did you find it? Because I know, Louisa, you were going, you were coming directly from another production and, you know, you knew so many people from doing straight up comedy, you know, with Dairy Girls. Was it easy to flip that switch, Louisa? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, the cast is so incredibly strong. So, uh, yeah, and the script was so strong. So I knew that, you know, there was definitely not going to be a confusion. Um, but it was it was great. I wish I got to see everybody more because, you know, we all film in different times. But um, yeah, I mean, the cast so strong, as you said. So strong. And like, Ian, you've worked on so many things. You know, we can talk about Star Wars, Game of Thrones, all that kind of stuff. How would you sum up your experience working on The Deceived? Oh, I enjoyed it. And uh, as you say, I mean, the characterization, some of them were extraordinary, you know, I mean, you mentioned uh, Mary there, uh, Eleanor Messman's character. I mean, she, she's a fantastic kind of creation because you, you're tr- constantly trying to work out. I mean, in theory, she should. You would think you would think that she might resent Michael for suddenly having this young woman on her doorstep who is apparently the mistress whenever her own daughter has died. So all the way through, you're thinking, 
where is she coming from? What is her agenda? Why is she so just downright strange? She's nearly like a Mrs. Danvers, you know what I mean? So uh, it's kind of fascinating and creepy. Uh, and uh, you, you, you're constantly, you're kept on, on tenterhooks right the way through. You know, things only become clear, really, when we get to the very end. You certainly are. And your characters keep us there as well, but the mind's going everywhere. A huge thank you, Louisa Harland and Ian McElhenney, for joining me on Hooked on the Deceived. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a wrap on our first deep dive into The Deceived. And you won't have to wait too long for episode two of Hooked on the Deceived, as it's now available wherever you get your podcasts. From me, Maureen O'Connell, we'll chat to you soon on Hooked on the Deceived. Not all women are allies, Ophelia. Place is a death trap. Some are the enemy. And it's coming closer. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.